The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We broadcast from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so delighted that you're with us today. It's been one of those weeks, though, I will tell you, so if I get a little confused today, it's because I'm semi-brain-dead. We decided that we would do a major, major update of the Self-Improvement blog, and it did not work. Um, The blog's been down most of the week, and we've been trying to get it all back together. Today, we're beginning to get it back up, and, you know, I'll add a few new features, and I may never upgrade it again. We will see. But but the self-improvement blog has been ill, and it's, um, it's getting well very quickly now. Next week, we start in our new time slot. I'm really excited about this. We're going to move up one hour to 12 noon. That's where we started when we first started broadcasting, and it's just a delightful time to have it. Uh, We'll have brand new music. Uh, It's much more mellow. It's called Heart to Heart. And so when you hear the music next week, know that we're beginning to talk even more heart to heart and, and think about that. Let me ask you this. Are you a person who goes the extra mile? Or do you hang back and do only what's required and no more? Now, do you ever really push yourself? Today's guest says this. The more I push myself to take a risk, the less afraid I am to take a risk the next time. Each time I do, I expand my circle of comfort and my life becomes bigger. Sean Anderson just came back from a trip, not your ordinary trip either. He walked 750 miles around an island in Japan, and the question is, why? We're going to let him tell you. you I I can't tell you. Uh, He walked 750 miles, and I did have pictures to prove it, but they all went with the computer glitch that we had this week. He has as his purpose to empower one million people to lead a more positive and purposeful existence. And maybe you need to be in his head count. Think about it. If someone asked you what your purpose in life is, what would you tell them? Is this something you've given thought to and have defined for yourself? Or do you kind of just drift through life day by day, wondering what's going to happen next? And if something happens, are you going to be able to handle it? I know you know people like that. You know, the question is, are you one of them? When everything crashes down around you, what puts you back on course? What motivates you to keep on keeping on? Don't know? Well, maybe you'll get some answers today and maybe you'll get a little new direction. So listen up. Sean Anderson is a best-selling author, national speaker, and motivational success coach. His go-the-extra-mile philosophy and ability to produce winning results 
have been praised by national political leaders, Olympic gold medal and world record holders, and media outlets across the country. An entrepreneur since the age of eight when he started a business selling worms to fishermen. Don't you got, you just got to love that. The Extra Mile Man has continued by building a multi-million dollar business and organizing events that make a difference in how people think. In addition to having written six books, which have sold well over 70,000 copies, Sean is also the founder of Extra Mile America, which is a nonprofit organization empowering people. He states, my juice in life is helping people succeed and create the outcomes they desire. Sean's been with us before, and it's my absolute delight to welcome him back to the Self-Improvement Show. Sean, welcome. Glad to have you back. Mm, thank you so much, Dr. Irene. It's good to be back for round number two. Thank you for, thank you for what you do. Thank you for caring enough to let me come back. Oh, I, I wouldn't have missed this for anything. I know. And, and, and I have to tell the audience, I'm so sorry that I lost all the pictures in the computer, whatever was going on, because there's a picture of your sore feet. And everybody would understand that this wasn't just a, an easy thing, because when you look at those feet, you, you know what you put into it. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself, the same old question, because many people have not heard you. Who is Sean Anderson? You know, really, I'm just a very ordinary guy, but I believe in, in living an extraordinary life. You know, I've, I've long realized, Irene, that the effort that I put into my life, the effort I put into my life regarding dreaming, planning, and taking massive action, that determines the quality of my days. So every single day when I wake up, Sean Anderson, just he has a simple goal of looking in the mirror and saying, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. And that is where my extra mile theme came into play. And that's what I try to do in every single part of my life. You say in, that your personal life mission is to empower a million, a million people to lead a more positive and purposeful existence. A couple things. You know, where did this life mission come from and why that number? Do you have any idea how many you've influenced to this point? Okay, lots of lots of sides of that question. So yeah. you know, I first off I believe that I believe that having a life purpose is really important. I mean, why why are you here? What is it that you're intended to do? Because when you have a life purpose, it helps you get through the rejections, the failures, the chaos, the overwhelm the fear in your life. My life purpose, when, I'm going, when my life gets messy, if I always keep focused on that, it helps me walk through that fire every single time. That's what I'm doing. That's my purpose. That's my intention. The reason I came up with a million people is I believe that with any goal, we've heard this many, many times, you've got to make the goal specific. Oftentimes with weight, okay, what weight do you want to get down to? How many days a week do you want to exercise? You know, with the amount of how much do you need in your savings? What's the specific number you need to get in your savings? So with me, I just didn't want to say I want to empower people in my life. I needed a specific number that inspired me. One million people is a lot. That inspired me, so that's where it came from. Um, Where am I at on that number right now? You know, I start from zero every single day. 
Yeah. Every single day I start over. It keeps me fresh. It keeps my vision fresh. And so, you know, it, it keeps my purpose alive in my heart as if it was new the first day I said it. When did you know in your span of years that this is what your mission was, that this is what you're here to do? How did you know that? You know, it probably started when I was a young boy. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't grow up in the most empowering of houses where I was, you know, absolutely encouraged with motivation and you can do it, keep going. It wasn't like that. I learned to succeed at a very young age that if, that if it was going to be, it was up to me, that I, that I needed to cheer myself on because I couldn't count on other people. I learned at a young age that there were too many people in our lives that want to hold you back. You can't do that. I'm sorry. That, that's just too hard. Don't dream like that. You should do this. So those voices were not voices that I liked. They did not make me feel good. I learned to make my voice, the voice that said, not that I can't do it, but you can do that. If you want to do that, go for it. Try it. Come on. You can do that. By believing in myself, I became a person that pushed myself further than I could have gone. Now, why did I want to become that for other people? Because there's too many people in our life that aren't that. I want to be the person that doesn't tell Dr. Irene what she can't do. I want to potentially shine a light on the vision in her heart of what she does want to do. It's a sad statement that we, as children, hear so many times, you can't do that. You know, you, you, you don't have what it takes to be that. You're not smart enough to, to go there. And how many dreams have been killed for people who could have been just exceptional it's just, well, that's absolutely. Uh, you know, absolutely. And, you know, every, every single time you're going to find someone better looking than you, with more money than you, with more talent than you, who runs faster than you, who's in better shape than you. But that's, that's not what it's about. What it's about is finding the best in you. And that can only happen if you either become the world's greatest coach for yourself or you surround yourself with people who believe in you, that feed the best part of you, that say, Dr. Irene, man, you can have an amazing national radio show. You've got the talent. You've got the vision. You've got the heart. You've got the, the thought process. You can do this. When you start to have someone in your corner that says that, all of a sudden that little whisper in our voice no longer hears Man, I can't do that, but oh, wow, that's exciting. Oh, I want to do that. And that's where life starts to change. And it will change when you start thinking like that. You're called the extra mile man. When, when did the extra mile concept come to you? And, and, and did, who gave you that name? Is that something that just sort of got attached to you because of some yeah. of the things you've done? It, it, it started in, in 2009. At that time, the, the country was going through some pretty major hiccups as far as, you know, the, the, the market was crashing. People were losing their homes. Businesses were closing. Banks were closing. Relationships were breaking up. People were starting to look at their boss and saying, hey, what are you going to do for me to help me keep my job? People started looking at the government saying, hey, what kind of program are you going to develop to make sure that I keep my home or to keep my job? or to keep on going. And I, I, I felt that, that people started to lose the, the, the real power of the individual, the power of knowing that, you know, if you really want to live a life that you love, you can't look to someone else to create that. But you've got to look at the man or the woman in the mirror. 
And so I wanted to use my small voice and remind people that you can't keep doing what you're doing if you want to go to a different place. You've got to do more. You've got to be more. You've got to give more. You've got to go the extra mile. So as a symbol of that message that I wanted to get out, that's when I created one of my first long-distance adventures, and I pedaled the bicycle 4,000 miles across the United States solo from, from San Francisco to, to Boston. And along the way, my staff created motivational events in 21 cities where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people who had been pre-identified as having gone the extra mile. So that's originally where the extra mile theme came from. And then as I was pedaling across the country, oftentimes they'd say, gosh, you're like Forrest Gump. You're doing like Forrest Gump. (laughs) Forrest Gump. One interviewer out there says, wow, you're the extra mile man, aren't you? And that's how that that kind of stuck and how that kind of continued. An interesting story about that. And sometimes it shows, it points to light that when we start to dream something bigger than ourselves, the dream gets way bigger than ourselves. I was pedaling across the state of Nevada. It was early on in the race, or not the race, <laughs> the journey, and uh, there was one stretch about 60 plus miles going across the highway. The highway in Nevada, you can ride your bike on. It was the only state I was allowed because there was no other way to cross the, cross the state. This one 60 plus mile stretch at that time, there was no rest stop. The sun was just blaring down on me over 110 degrees. And as I was out there, I was thinking, God, what can we do to get more attention for this extra mile tour? What can we do? And I came up with this idea called Extra Mile Day. November 1st was going to be coming up. And I called my staff and I said, hey, on November 1st, let's contact as many cities as we can and see if they'll make a declaration, call it Extra Mile Day, and recognize the heroes in their community who were going the extra mile in service and in volunteerism to make the world better. So that very first year, we were elated that 23 mayors jumped on the campaign. Well, Extra Mile Day has continued, Irene, and last year on November 1st, there were 551 cities that followed suit. Fantastic, and we're going to talk a little more about that later, but right now it's time for us to go to break. We'll be right back with more with Sean Anderson, so stay tuned. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Sean Anderson, who just very recently came back from a 750-mile walk around an island in Japan. You, we, we, we just heard about your bike trip. I know you came back. You biked back. Or did you bike back on that same trip, or did you do that at another time? <laughs> no, but I have, I have now biked across the United States yeah. solo two times. So I, the, each time, though, I'm smart enough to, to find another mode of transportation coming home. That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> And then you've had three walking trips, one in Spain, one in Portugal, and now just very recently in Japan. What, what, how did you pick the places you were going to go? Spain and Portugal aren't your usual tourist places that most of us think about. And you weren't a well, tourist. Well, every, every, every single year I really, I really earmark a, a period of time, sometimes, you know, sometimes three weeks, sometimes as much as seven weeks to go do a, a rebuilding um, of myself type adventure, to push myself, to, to really push myself physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally just so I can come back being my strongest person, so I can come back with my strongest vision, my strongest desire to take action. So I do one of these every year. It's almost like my, I call it my axe sharpening adventure. Um, ah. Yes, this was the third time that I've walked across the country, and the, the way that I choose them is, I choose these routes that are known potentially around the world as these amazing pilgrimages that people uh, walk or, or experiencing the, experience these adventures for whatever reason in life. Across Spain, I walked 550 miles right across northern Spain from, from St. John, France, over the Pyrenees Mountains to Santiago, Spain. And then uh, last year, I walked from Lisbon, Portugal, up the coast of Portugal all the way uh, to Spain. And then this year, Shikoku Island, which is the fourth largest island in Japan, they have a pilgrimage that takes you through 88 Buddhist temples. Some of the temples are over 1,500 years old, way up in the mountains. And uh, so that was, that was the path that marked this particular trail. So, you know, not sure where I'll go next year. But every single year, it's been the most amazing way to not only see the country, to experience people, but to learn more about me. And there must have been some unique happenings in each of these places. Give us a little idea of what you experienced in Spain that was different from Portugal and Japan that was different from the first two in terms of just your experience with the country. Well, Japan was completely unique over the European tours because I, I did not know this, but the island that I was on spoke limited English. And, you know, I, I'm still learning how to master English. Oh. And, and in Spain and in Spain and Portugal and any European country, you can always find people that you can communicate. But in Japan, this was especially hard because each night when you're coming into a place and you're looking for somewhere to stay, trying to say, you know, where can I stay? Where is there a place that I can, you know, check into? You can't find people that even understand what you're, what you're talking about. 
The second thing is, is you know, I, I'm a vegetarian, and, and uh, in Japan, it's a, it's a very fish-based society. They eat fish every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and trying even to find food or trying to ask someone where I can get vegetarian food became a real challenge. I got used to eating uh, rice balls with seaweed. And uh, so besides the, besides the challenge of trying to hike 750 miles, which alone is, was a bear, then just having that pressure for 50 straight days of, oh, my gosh, finding a place to stay, finding a place to eat, you know, it was a, it was a challenge for sure. In Japan, you couldn't even read the directional signs, could you? I mean, we were in Taiwan, and I never knew where we were. I carried a card, so if I got lost, I could give it to somebody, and they could get me. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, there were there were signs that might have been pointing to where I was supposed to go on the on the route. However, the the signs weren't pointing with arrows; they were pointing with Japanese characters. So, I mean, I never had a shot at this. I was I had my map, my guidebook in my hand the entire way. So. I had this 25-pound backpack on me, and in my left hand, this guidebook never left my hand. I kept on trying to study directions, always knowing where the ocean was, trying to identify where trail, uh, where train tracks were, or where where um, rivers were, or any any kind of natural geography that could help point my way to where I was supposed to go. And and you know, you you learn to really trust yourself, and you learn to become really aware of your surroundings and where to go. And that's how I got across. Now, in Spain and Portugal, you could read at least the directional signs and you could make yourself understood. I'm assuming. Is that a true statement? Absolutely. In Spain and Portugal, and in fact, all of Europe, there's something very famous called the Camino de Santiago. And there's 13 European routes that take you to uh, the city called uh, Santiago, Spain. And along the way... You, you, there's yellow arrows that mark the path the entire way. So all you have to do is keep following the yellow arrows. Well, that's pretty easy. We almost wish that life was that way that said, hey, Irene, if you want to get a million listeners, follow the yellow arrow. Hey, if you want a million dollars in your bank account, follow the yellow arrow. I mean, walking across Spain and Portugal was easy because you just had someone pointing the way to success the whole time. It's too bad life wasn't that easy, right? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, wait, wait, let me find my yellow arrow, and I'll tell you where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. So but Japan, Japan wasn't like that. In Japan, Japan was not like when that you at didn't all. know, you couldn't read the language, you couldn't read the signs. And, and if you haven't been in that situation, nobody can really understand how disconcerting it is. When, when you see a directional sign, but you have absolutely no idea what it says. You know, just no really? idea. And those Japanese characters, they're very intense. And you look at them, and I swear, and I try to memorize, okay, that's the character that means this. Well, later when I see the next sign, I'm going, okay, what did that one mean again? Yeah, what was that? No, uh, that little squiggle wasn't there in the last one. (laughs) (laughs) When we were in Taiwan, all the directional signs were, well, there were a lot of signs that had Mickey Mouse on them. And and then the Chinese characters, and I thought, oh, I'll get, my kids were really little then, and I was, I'll get them a, a T-shirt with Mickey Mouse and, and Chinese. And when I got, finally got to a department store, all the, the T-shirts were in French. I'm thinking, that's <laughs> really interesting. I couldn't read either one of them, so it didn't really matter. Um, <laughs> in, in Japan, though, when, when you really couldn't read directional signs, you had to totally rely on a map. And a great deal of hope and intuition. 
Did you ever get lost? Did you find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong Ooh, Yeah, of course. Go, going up some of the mountain paths, I remember being at this one particular crossroad that I can still see so clearly, and I, I climbed really high up into this mountain, and I, there was nobody else that was there, and the, the trails are pretty primitive, and I get to this dead end, and it, I either go left or right, and there's a sign right there that's telling me you know, which way I'm supposed to go, but I don't really know. And at that point, you're just going, okay, wow, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, it's 3.45 in the afternoon, I... It's going to take me a couple hours to get back down, and you're you're trying to remember. Okay, the ocean was that direction. Okay, this next city didn't need to go. It's going this way more. You, you know, I remember looking up in the sky and seeing an airplane fly, and I knew that there was an airport over that direction. And the airplane was soaring up, so I go, okay, that must be the direction. So I t- ended up turning left, and and it was the right decision. Well, I've never followed an airplane when I got lost. That's an interesting new one. <laughs> <laughs> With hindsight. Now, what did you accomplish on these walks and two bike rides across America? What did you accomplish for you, and what did you accomplish in terms of your goal? I accomplished the opportunity to turn life into an adventure. I accomplished the opportunity to to see the world in an amazing place. I accomplished the opportunity to maximize my potential. I accomplished the opportunity to just know that whatever challenge that I'm faced, that I have an extra gear that can get me through that. If you add up all those things that I learned, you know, it, there's not really too many goals in life that really scare me anymore. You know, I, I, I'm a person that's now learned that it's a far, far greater fear. Um, uh, regret is a far greater fear for me than rejection. I, you know, I, I can walk through and, and if I try something, you know, I might not succeed. I might not win. I might not get it. Rejection matters so much less than 10 years from now wondering, gosh, why didn't I go on that hike? That's the one I wanted. Why didn't I try to write that book? So, so, you know, you go on these adventures and you, you just learn, you learn to be truthful with yourself. You learn to really know who you are, what you want, and then you don't stand in your way when it's time to go for them. And how, how did the people that you, met, that, that you met respond to you? you know, did they understand what you were doing? I don't know how they could in Japan when you couldn't tell them. But in, in well, general, the- how were you received? Well, the people in Japan are, are probably the most, I've been to over 40 countries now, and the people in Japan were by far the mo- one of the most unique cultures I've ever seen. There's this, first off, I was identified not only by this backpack that I wore, but everybody in this island, they, they were very familiar with this 88 Buddhist pilgrimage. In fact, many people would try to do it, they, but they get on buses and they go from temple to temple and they get these special books stamped that shows that they've gone to the 88 temples. But I would be the guy with the backpack walking up and, and I, you know, I wasn't getting off the bus, but all of the, they were called Henros. We were call, all of the people that were going to these ADA temples, we wore these white jackets. So the people could always identify me as being a Henro because I was wearing this white Japanese jacket and then my backpack was over it. There's something uniquely beautiful about the Japanese people that I experienced. Even though we could not speak and communicate, um, uh, there's this this word, and please forgive me if there's some some fluent Japanese speakers out there, but it's I believe it's called osetai, osetai, and and it, it's this it's this act of willingly giving to another person without expecting anything in return. Every single day, I was gifted with so many gifts from these people. They just, I'd be tired and rubbing my feet, and someone would come up and they'd give me a can 
uh, something to drink. I would be walking and a man would come out of the restaurant. He would recognize me as a Henro. He got into his wallet one day and he gave me the, what would be equal to a $50 bill in wow. America. There were two times that, that uh, these people found out that I was walking and where I was staying. And when I woke up the next morning to pay for my bill, they had paid for my bill. Each time it would have been 70 or $75. So, so the generosity that I that came towards me was something that I had never, ever felt in such abundance in my life. I, it, it was something that I really wanted to bring home to me. It's something that many of us could learn. And on that note, we're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Sean Anderson, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. My guest today is Sean Anderson, who has recently been in Japan walking. 750 miles around an island. And sometimes my mind goes to crazy things, Sean. And one of the things I was thinking just a moment ago was, I'm really glad he didn't have to do that in high heels. But how did your feet hold up? Not in high heels. Well, when I've, when I've done these, I, I walk not in hiking boots, really, but I walk in, in tennis shoes because it helps me move at a quicker pace 
pace. It keeps it. It helps me do the miles I want to do every day. But at the same time, the risk in that is it, the first couple of weeks, your feet really take a beating. This particular stretch, because I was going up and down hills so much, my feet were sliding in my shoes a lot, and blisters became really intense. Let's see, about week number three, I had to walk a stretch over a couple of days of about, oh, somewhere between 35 and 42 miles and actually really cheap flip-flops because I could no longer put my shoes on because the blisters on my little toes and my big toes were so extreme that every time I took a step with my shoes on, I I just, it was just agony. So here I am walking in these little cheap flip-flops, the kind that normally if you walk to the mailbox and you're worried that the, the, the thing might pop out or you'll hurt your ankle, but I had no choice because they were a blessing. Amazing that you could continue when when you I mean your feet when you're doing a 750 mile walk they're pretty important and and they need to be whole and uh, where's the mole skin when you really need it I guess is the question um, yeah you know it's it's really a symbolism of life because when we have these big goals you know it's easy to say. Uh, you know, I want to do this, or I, you know, I want to write a book, or I, I want to run a marathon, or I want to take this trip. But when we actually start doing the goals, we learn how tough they are, and it's easy for us to bail out sometimes. If you're really, really true to your goal and you want to make it happen, you've got to recognize that there's going to be times where you have to wear your flip-flops, that you have to get to the next point by doing something that you hadn't planned on doing. Any big goal, any goal worth really having, it's not going to be automatic and easy. It's not going to be the same, oh, man, I want that. There's going to be times out there you're going, why am I doing that? But, but the flip-flops become necessary. Yeah, and flip-flops can represent all kinds of things. You, know, you, you, you kind of hit your head and say, what was I thinking? And then you put on your flip-flops or whatever it is. And yeah, we you have keep to on trucking. <laughs> you just keep going. And that's when you hit those milestones of something new and wonderful. It, it, you know, it's always right. around the corner you think you can't make, I think. You, know, that's, you, you look there and you think, I can't make it to that. And you make it to that. And around the corner is exactly what you wanted. Interesting. You know, because, that. because really the goal, the goal when you have a giant goal should be just breaking it in. We've heard this a million times, breaking it into the smallest possible goals. And so that's all I did on this Japanese trip. I was never thinking, you know, of when I was flying back home at the end of 750 miles. I was just always thinking, how am I going to get up that mountain? How am I going to get down that mountain? How am I going to make it to the end of this day? Because every day, if I kept doing my very best and just completing that little tiny goal, and just giving it my very best, I never created absolute overwhelm in my heart that would cause me to quit. Right. I always had my big goal in mind, but I was never focused on it more than the little goal of the day. I mean, if you're thinking, I'm going to walk 750 miles, and so far I've gone 122, oh my gosh, how many is that left? You, you, you're tired. But if you think, today I can make it 20. Yeah, no, you're beat up. You haven't had any food. You don't know where you're staying. You're tired of the drama. You haven't talked to anybody at home. You haven't talked in English for four days to anybody. Your feet hurt like you can't believe. You know, you're, you're, you're tired of living out of your backpack. If you, start, if you start focusing on all those things, it becomes easy then to say, God, why am I doing this? No one's going to really care if I just quit and go home. Come on, dude. Just, 
just that voice starts to whisper yeah, to you. But, when, but then something else when, says, but you'd know. Yeah. I'd know. I'd know I quit. That's, see, that's exactly right. And then, you know, then that's when it becomes down to when you set goals in life. Man, don't set goals for other people. Don't set the goals that you think are going to impress them. Set the goals that mean something to you that when you have that tough time that you can, you can shift down to that other gear and find your deepest inspiration, your best self, and make it one more day. Because that's all I did on my hike was I kept making it one more one day. More. When you add up all the one more days, all of a sudden I ended up on my 48th day of walking and I go, oh my God, I just did it. I I just did this. This brings us right up to something you said in an email you sent to me. You, You told me you really wanted to have a passionate conversation about what it means to live what we dream and to quiet the voice of fear that prevents us from doing so. Yeah, and I, I, that brought into my mind a quote from Henry David Thoreau, and he said this in the early 1800s, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Do you agree with that? And if you do, how can we get away from it? You know, I, I thought that, I, I remember in college when I heard it the first time, and I thought, that's not true, I don't buy into that. But as I get older, I see that many people are in this place. Yeah, I, I absolutely know that quote well. And that, that quote had inspired me at a very young age, as did much of Henry David Thoreau's writing. Um, you know, I, I just have this, this, this belief that I'm, I'm given this, this one life. And the one question that I'm most afraid of answering at the end of my life is simply, why didn't I? I I don't want to have to answer that question. I don't want to question that with myself. Why didn't I? Why didn't I try to do that? Why didn't I? Why didn't I? And, 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 and that comes when, when we start to, because when we start to when we start to have that fear that blocks us from trying for what we want to, then our lives become less adventurous, less romantic, less fun, less exciting, less thrilling. We start to have experiences that are much more dull. We watch TV to, and live vicariously through those people, but we miss out on the true flavor of life, and that is experiencing. It's experiencing it at the deepest level, and and. I never want to be that person that lives that quiet life of desperation. I'm going to be the one later that does say, man, I'm so glad I did do that. You know, you look around, you look around. I, I have a windows right out the front of my apartment, and I can see pretty much everything that's going on. And I'm up early. We go to the dog park. We walk. We do all those little things and come back. And I see all these people leaving. They leave at the same time. They come home at the same time. Their lives don't seem to change. Uh, on the weekend, they may go to the lake. They don't seem to go very far because they're back really early. And I'm thinking, what are th- what are th- what are they doing? You know, what are their goals? Do they have any dreams? You know, if, if you don't have a dream, can you be satisfied with that kind of life? And if you do have a dream, can you be satisfied with that kind of life? Yeah, you know. I think that eventually if we keep putting our dreams on hold and if we don't chase our passions, 
I really do think that we start to lose that inner voice in us that even becomes invigorated to whisper, you know, magical secrets in our ear about how great life can be. The more that we keep letting fear block us, that, that monster, that fear monster, you know, cause us to stop going for things. I think then we start to lose the inner voice of passion and big dreams and big visions. Life becomes more dull. We start thinking we're too old. We start thinking we're not good enough. We just say, you know, my life's okay as it is. Zig Ziglar, one of my all-time favorites, he said something one time. He said, he said, if, if great is possible, then good is never enough. That's how I want to live. Oh, I, nice. I want great health. I want great relationships. I want great adventure. I want great success. Because when you start experiencing those, it, the, the thrill of finding your very best is so much better than the thrill of finding your most mediocre. And I don't want the mediocre. Oh, I don't either. But you know what thought comes to my mind here is you know, many parents don't instill this in their children because they never heard it from for themselves. A child doesn't generally hear this in school. They never hear that they can grow up to have great adventures or do something nobody's ever done before or discover something nobody's ever seen before. Um, It's all so cut and dried and we go to school or we go to work and we come home and do our chores and then we sit in front of TV and then the next day we do it all over again. Where do people get this passion? Where do they decide that they can do something remarkable. By listening to a Voice of America radio talk show by an amazing <laughs> host named Dr. Irene Conlon, um, who next week is going to start a new program called Heart to Heart. How about that? That's just my music, but it is going to be more heart to heart. Yeah. Yeah, I but guess. That's where, we, that's where we do that. It's, it's, it's from you. It's from me. It's from the listeners out there who are charged up to clap for people. We've got two choices in life. We can either be someone that says, hey, where's someone to cheer for me? Where's someone to clap for me? I don't have anybody doing this for me. How can I be great? I don't have this coach. I don't have this. Well, then I'll well, clap for turn? myself. Yes, that's exactly right. Why don't we become the someone we wish for someone else? Why don't we become the cheerleader? Why don't we become the encourager of getting involved in that nonprofit? Why don't we become the, the person that claps for other people? Because I think when, when we become that for other people, we also become more of that for ourselves. Oh, I agree. But I talked to my grandsons. I had one just graduate from high school and another couple in high school. And I say to them, what do you want to do? I don't know. Wait a minute. What do you like to do? Oh, stuff. I want to to shake them and say, wake up. You, You know, you're almost out there in this world. There's lots of stuff to do. You know, there's things to learn. There's places to go. There's things to see. You know, what do you want to do? I don't know. How do you reach them? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer that you can't, you can't ever live a great life unless you know what a great life looks like to you. You can't have great relationships unless you know what those great relationships look like to you. You can't take great trips and make great adventures unless you first visualize them and know what they potentially look like. Because every great, every great experience moment that I've ever created first was created in my brain, and that's where I wanted that. I saw that. I wanted to go do that. Because when you become a great dreamer, 
and then you learn to apply great action to great dreams. That's when great experiences, moments, and results are produced. Again, let me say that. You've got to start with becoming a great dreamer, a great visualizer of what you want for your life. It doesn't mean that these have to be, you know, huge goals and say that I want to do this or this and, and stuff, but it could be like, man, I love animals so much. I feel so sad that all those dogs in the pound are being destroyed. I think I'm going to like adopt, see if I can find homes for some of them. And maybe that becomes your goal that you're, you become a foster dog parent and finding, you know, homes for these dogs. I mean, whatever you visualize in your life, you can be that change agent. You can be that change maker, but you first has to start up in your head before you can ever take action on that. And how do you get strong enough then to say, this is my dream and I'm going to do it? You know, I'm going to do this no matter. And somebody says to you, well, you know what? You're just a little too old for that, aren't you? Or they say to you, you're just a little too young for that, aren't you? I've tried all my life to figure out what is the perfect age and there isn't one. All of them are. That's absolutely right. All of them are perfect. And and to let your listeners know, I'm I'm 53 years old, and so I've just done this 750-mile hike, averaging about 16 miles a day for 48 straight days at age 53. So never once do I let age say that I cannot do something. We are as old as we think we are. We can do as much or as little as we think we can do. Every age is a brilliant age. Every age, you have a chance to make a difference. Every age, you have a chance to live your very best year. So, you know, I'm not, a, yeah. I'm not a believer on people saying, I'm too old to do that. Well, man, what kind of life do you want? Are you just going to, are you going to die now, even though you still have these next 30 years to live? I mean, what's your story? Come on, you can still live the most amazing part of your life because look at how much better you are. You are smarter, wiser, more experienced. You are, you, you have such a wealth of experiences behind you that whatever you do in the future is going to have a greater chance of succeeding than it did in the past. So let's, why can't we turn age into something that's absolutely a positive? Because it is a positive. I, I, I guarantee you right now that if I t- my next book is going to be my greatest book, only because I'm more experienced on how to get a book to become that way. You with me? True. I'm with you. And guess what? I'm 80. I will only say that once. <laughs> And how amazing is that? This 80-year-old woman is as vibrant and charismatic and difference-making today as she has been in any day of her life. And not only this, but Irene Conlon's best show is always her next show because she's smarter, wiser, more experienced. I mean, how amazing is that? You are the example and you are the bar. I'm going to hire you for my agent. I don't have an agent. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. That, that, that's such an awesome, everybody should know that. I mean, you're 80 years old. You've done this every single week. The listeners don't know this, but I had asked Dr. Irene how many times, you know, he, how many shows she's done in a row. She doesn't miss shows. She's been doing this for six years. She's For 52 straight weeks, she doesn't miss a show. I mean, how well, phenomenal is that? Her audience keeps growing. She keeps making more of a difference. I mean, that's the kind of people we all can become at any age. She started the show at age 74. I, I hadn't even thought about when I, well, how old I was when I started. I was just, you know, my son said, I told him you'd do it. And I said, e, I don't know how to do that. And he said, well, you're going to learn real fast. <laughs> and, I, and I did. And I listened to some of those early shows. And they were a little stilted and strange. But you know what? 
I did it, and it's been one of the greatest experiences of my life. Every Thursday, I just love Thursday because I always talk to somebody who's wonderfully interesting and has accomplished lovely, wonderful things. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a great, great thing that my son handed me, although I didn't think so at the moment. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and and what a great gift you've given yourself by by choosing to walk the talk that you've you know, you've chosen to continue keeping on and and making something amazing happening. What a great gift you've given you. Well, every year I think this 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 November I'm going to quit on my anniversary, and every November I'm already booked into. January and so I just think well someday I won't have a guest in January and I'll quit <laughs> but we'll, we'll worry about that one when we get there tell us about extra mile day uh, what do you do on it you know is it ex- I know you have extra mile America you have extra mile world and now you have extra mile day tell us about those because people might want to get involved with it well, really quickly, I you know the Extra Mile America is 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 it's that nonprofit to remind people that if they want to create the life they love, they keep going the extra mile. Extra Mile Day is is put on by Extra Mile America, and that's the day that these mayors across the country, and again last year, five hundred and fifty one declared November first Extra Mile Day, where they recognize the heroes in their community who were going the extra mile in service and volunteerism. So my intention was to create a vehicle that people that were doing amazing things that were unrecognized now get a chance to get clapped for and that people can see that there's really great positive things happening in the world that people are doing. That was my purpose. Extra Mile World, it's now my mission to start taking the Extra Mile message around the world. Last year, uh, last summer, I took, I created a speaking tour in the Philippines and during the speaking tour, we had the opportunity to speak to over 20,000 Filipinos about what it means to go the extra mile. This October, I'm scheduled to go to Africa, where we're planning on speaking to over 10,000 Africans about go the extra mile message. So that's what Extra Mile World is. And Extra Mile Day, November, oh, no, but you see, you did say November the 1st. I got distracted yes. because there's a... Man's always November first. <laughs> always November first. And how do people find out about this event in their place? In their if they town? go to the website extramileamerica.org, they can find out uh, if their city's been if their city is participating or not. So far this year, there's been 26 cities. Our goal is to get you know somewhere close to 600 this year, and they're already starting to come in. But again, that's extra mile America. Dot org. And certainly if any of your listeners have been, you know, reasonably inspired today and they want that weekly little push besides what your show gives them, they have the ability to go to my website, which is Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Anderson.com, SeanAnderson.com. And every Thursday, I also put out a quick, fast, easy motivational column to push them up hills and to get them to where they want to go in life so they can sign up for that free column every Thursday. And I saw that you have a name for that Thursday, and I can't remember what it is. It's called Something Thursday. What do you call it? I call it Inspirational Thursday. Inspirational and, Thursday. Uh, yeah, and, you know, very much like you. So people can start to know that on Thursdays, hey, I'm going to refill my tank. I'm going to listen to Irene Conlon's amazing <laughs> show, and I'm going to read Sean Anderson's column, and then I'm going to go change the world. 
Yeah, I like that. And sometimes changing <laughs> the world is just like you said, going to the shelter and, and you know, rescuing a, a little dog or going to the, you know, homeless center. Every town now has a place for homeless. And here they need water. So if anybody's listening you know, go get a go get a twenty four pack of water and take it to the homeless, or you know something like that. There's so many things that can make yeah. such a tremendous. Or even difference. take it into your family and say on Thursday, on on whatever day, I'm going to go the extra mile and I'm going to go over my homework with my child on that particular day. Every time, it doesn't matter what's happening, we go over the homework on that particular day. That's family night out. We block everything and we go out and we find out what's happening in. in, in you know, in each other's world. Or you go to your own boss and say, hey, I am really interested in the success of this company. I want to be a part of it. What extra thing can I do to make it successful? There, there are, and then you pick only, him up because he fainted. Because most, most people don't think that way. The boss just fainted when you said, what extra thing can I do? Um, it's just such an interesting thing that we've created. Um, exactly. You could, why not go look at your spouse or your, your best friend and say, hey, I really appreciate this relationship so much. Is there anything extra that I can do to add value to your world? Because, man, I want you to succeed. Or if there's somebody that you know that's looking for a job and they're your great friend, it's not enough just to say, hey, keep going. Why don't you make one call for them and see if you can create a possible job lead? That's what's called going the extra mile. Going the extra mile is when we make one call, give that additional smile, give that extra word, whatever it might be. Going the extra mile is when we stop at the grocery checker and instead of watching the checker just kind of you know push through the grocery items we smile and say hey how are you today how is your week that's going the extra mile it makes a big difference here in our little town we have this wonderful dog park which is now closed because they're putting in all new grass for our puppies but we don't have it for two months so we all we are all having to find a place to go walk and we have this wonderful fountain that's why it's called fountain hills and and there's a walk all the way around it, and there's art all the way around it, and people walk with their headphones on, not looking at the art, not saying anything to each other, and so my dog and I, we say hello to everybody, and sometimes <laughs> they look really startled, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> What's going on here? Who are you to speak to me? And then it kind of shakes them, and they smile back or say hello or whatever. I, I think they're afraid that Smarty might just bite them on the ankle or something. I don't know what they think. <laughs> But it's, well, I, it's I, a call, I call people like you battery chargers, battery chargers <laughs> of the human spirit. You know, it's a, it's like the car that needs the other car to be hooked up to it to start when the battery's dead. You know, sometimes people, we need to hook ourselves up to other people who aren't, is, that don't have energy flowing through them. And so that's what you are. You are a yes. battery charger of the human spirit. We, we all should be. We all should be. That's what we're here for. Uh, and we didn't really get to talk about how you find your purpose, how you identify your goals. But we'll, we'll be talking more and more about that on this show. And if you go to, to Sean's website, you can get more. And everywhere, you, you know, if you're really looking for it, it will find you. Sean, we're right up to the end of the show. What's the thought you'd like to leave with the listeners today? And I mean, we're at the end. I had a book that reached number one for ebooks on Amazon. Uh, and I'm giving it away for free July 14th through 18th. If anybody has Kindle, they can get the book, uh, A Better Life, an inspiring story um, uh, about starting over. You can get it for free on Kindle July 14th through 18th. So go ahead and download your copy and, and, and read what a former number one Amazon book was. 
I will put that on the blog so people can see it and get it. Uh, And I hate to say goodbye, but it's time to do that. Sean, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, pure awesomeness. Thank you so much for you, right? (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, right. Absolutely. This is Irene (laughs) Conlon and my guest, Sean Anderson, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.